Welcome to Morning Soap. At Fusion Church, our desire is that every believer would not just attend church, but also hear from God daily through His Word. As we read the Bible, we begin to see how God responds to things. Doing daily devotions repatterns the way we think, transforms the spirit of our mind, and helps us become more like Jesus. Join us here, Monday through Friday, as various pastors and leaders at Fusion Church share devotion and teaching through that day's soap scripture. Download the current soap reading plan at fusionchurch.cc soap. Father, we just thank you. We thank you, Lord, that you are so good, that you are so faithful. God, just as we heard, we do declare that you are worthy. And we sing with the angels that worthy, worthy, worthy is the Lamb of God. And so we just love you. We honor you. We thank you that we get to have another day in your presence, that we get to have another day where we get to breathe the breath that you have freely and graciously granted us. And Lord, I just pray that we would not take that for granted. And so we just pray that your word would come alive this morning to us, speak to us, correct us, challenge us, encourage us, strengthen us. God, I ask in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Okay, Genesis chapter 19, verse 1. All right, we got about 20, nope, 38 verses. Here we go. Verse one, the two angels came to Sodom, and I believe I'm reading, nope, let me get the NIV, I'm sorry. Okay, NIV. The two angels arrived at Sodom in the evening, and Lot was sitting in the gateway of the city. When he saw them, he got up to meet them and bowed down with his face to the ground. My lords, he said, Please turn aside to your servant's house. You can wash your feet and spend the night and then go on your way early in the morning. No, they answered. We will spend the night in the square. Verse 3. But he insisted so strongly that they did, that they did go with him and entered his house. He prepared a meal for them, baking bread without yeast, and they ate. Verse 4. Before they had gone to bed, all the men from every part of the city of Sodom, both young and old, surrounded the house. They called to Lot, where are the men who came to you tonight? Bring them out to us so that we can have sex with them. Verse 6, Lot went outside to meet them and shut the door behind him and said, No, friends, don't do this wicked thing. Look, I have two daughters who have, who have never slept with a man. Let me bring them out to you, and you can do whatever you like with them. But don't do anything to these men, for they have come under the protection of my roof. Verse 9. Get out of our way, they replied. This fellow came here as a foreigner, and now he wants to play the judge. We'll treat you worse than them. Cat. They kept bringing pressure on Lot and moved forward to break down the door. But the men inside reached out and pulled Lot back into the house and shut the door. Then they struck the men, the men who were at the door of the house, young and old, with blindness so that they could not find the door. The two men said to Lot, do you have anyone else here 
sons-in-law, sons or daughters or anyone else in the city who belongs to you. Get them out of here because we are going to destroy this place. The outcry of the Lord against its people is so great that he has sent us to destroy it. Verse 14, so Lot went out and spoke to his son and sons-in-law who were pledged to marry his daughters. He said, hurry and get out of this place because the Lord is about to destroy the city. But his sons-in-law thought he was joking. With the coming of dawn, the angels urged Lot, saying, hurry, take your wife and your two daughters who are here, or you will be swept away when the city is punished. Verse 16. When he hesitated, the men grasped his hand and the hands of his wife and of, this, of his two daughters and led them safely out of the city, for the Lord was merciful to them. As soon as they had brought them out, one of them said, flee for your lives. Don't look back. Don't stop anywhere in the plain. Flee to the, main, to the mountains or you will be set, swept away. Verse 18, but Lot said to them, no, my Lord, please, your servant has found, your servant has found favor in your eyes, and you have shown great kindness to me in sparing my life, but I can't flee to the mountains. This disaster will overtake me, and I'll die. Verse 20, look here as a town, look here, look, here is a town, it's early, y'all, here's a town enough to run to, and it's small let me flee to it. It is very small, isn't it? Then my life will be spared. Verse 21, he said to him, very well, I will grant this request too. I will not overthrow the town you speak of, but flee there quickly because I cannot do anything until you reach it. That is why the town was called Zoar. By the time Lot reached Zoar, the sun had risen over the land the Lord rained down burning sulfur on Sodom and Gomorrah from the Lord out of the heavens. Thus he overthrew those cities and the entire plan, destroying all those living in the cities and also the vegetation in the land. But Lot's wife looked back and she became a pillar of salt. Early the next morning, Abraham got up and returned to the place where he had stood before the Lord. He looked down toward Sodom and Gomorrah, toward all the land of the plain, and he saw dense smoke rising from the land like smoke from the furnace. So when God destroyed the cities of the plain, he remembered Abraham, and he brought Lot out of the catastrophe that overthrew the cities where Lot had lived. Verse 30, Lot and his two daughters left Zoar and settled in the mountains. For he was afraid to stay in Zoar. He and his two daughters lived in a cave. One day, the older daughter said to the younger, Our father is old, and there is no man around here to give us children, as is the custom all over the earth. Let's get our father to drink wine, and then sleep with him, and preserve our family line through our father. That night, they got their father drunk, drink to drink wine, and the older daughter went in, and slept with him. He was not aware of it when she lay or when she got up. The next day, the older daughter said to the younger, last night I slept with my father. Let's get him drink to drink wine again tonight, and you go in and sleep with him, 
so we can preserve our family line through our father. So they got their father to drink wine that night also. And the younger daughter went in and slept with him. Again, he was not aware of it when she lay down or when she got up. So both of Lot's daughters became pregnant by their father. The older daughter had a son, and she named him Moab. He is the father of the Moabites of today. The younger daughter also had a son, and she named him Ben-Ami. He is the father of the Ammonites of today. All right. Amen. Amen. So put in the chat what sticks out to you. You guys know I like to hear this. What sticks out to you about this passage? All right. Okay. Let's get into it. Just to provide some context, right? In the previous chapter, Abraham, we end that chapter, chapter 18, with Abraham interceding for Lot and the people of Sodom, right? And he goes, hey, God, what if there's a hundred people there? Will you spare it? God's like, if there's a hundred, I will spare it. And he's like, well, what if there's 50 people there? Would you spare it? He's like, yeah, okay, fine. Abraham, if there's 50, I'll spare it. He goes all the way down to 10. He's like, God, if, what, if, what if there's 10 people there? And God says, all right, Abraham, yes, for 10 people, I will spare the land, right? So Abraham was successful in his bargaining with the Lord for a reduced minimum number of righteous people required before the Lord would destroy the city. But what was really interesting is that God was extremely faithful to answer Abraham's prayer specifically as it pertained to Lot, which is where we get to in chapter 19. In verse 18, there are men who are walking with Abraham who are talking with Abraham, of God over Abraham, right? And these same men now go to the city of Sodom, right? Because God said he's going to destroy Sodom, and the Lord sends these two angels. And in verse 1, it says, the two angels arrived at Sodom in the evening, and Lot was sitting at the gate, at the gateway of the city. When he saw them, he got up to meet them and bowed down with his face to the ground right so these two men are clearly designated by the author to be angels right now these two angels walk into the city and what they find is lot sitting at the gateway of the city the gateway of the city uh, typically functioned as almost like a public square or a city hall it was a place where elders gathered to conduct business to meet about business right so the fact that lot was sitting at this gate suggests that he had a prominent standing in the city that he was somebody some kind of city official somebody who was of importance in the city of sodom right so lot like abraham when he encounters these men and they walk with into the city immediately recognizes these men, there's something different about them. There's something significant about them. He immediately recognizes the significance of the men that were visiting the city of Sodom. And so he demonstrates that by bowing before them, right? And so in verse 2, we see that Lot invites the angels 
to stay with him. And he says, my lords, he said, please turn aside to your servant's house. You can wash your feet and spend the night and then go on your way early in the morning. So here's this picture, right, of kindness when these men walk in and they and they interact with Lot. Lot demonstrates the opposite of what the culture around him does. Rather than looking to do wrong and malicious, maliciously and violently uh, sexually assault these men, Lot invites them into his house and shows them the value of hospitality. Like Abraham in the previous chapter, Lot desires to serve and honor his guests, right? Not only did both Abraham and Lot bow before the angels, but both of them offered to wash their feet. Both of them made them bread and a meal to eat. And both Abraham and Lot prove to be worthy hosts to these men, right? It also suggests that Lot was aware of the dangers of living in Sodom and Gomorrah, right? Because in verse 3, when the, after the angels uh, re refuse his request, they say to him, but he insisted so strongly. This is Lot saying to the angels. This is Lot speaking of Lot. But he insisted so strongly that they did that they did go with him and entered his house. And when they entered his house, he prepared a meal for them. Right. So it is very likely that Lot was aware of of how dangerous it was for these men to be in in Sodom. Right. So it suggests that Lot was aware of the dangers of Sodom and Gomorrah. But unlike with Abraham, the angels initially denied Lot's offer of hospitality. Right. They say no, but he strongly urges them to stay with him. And so it's an indication of how bad the condition was of Sodom and Gomorrah that he's like, hey, man, you guys cannot stay in the square, right? So in verse four, it says that before they lay down, the men of Sodom surrounded the house, right? So we go to verse four. This is before they had gone to bed. All the men from every part of the city of Sodom, both young and old, surrounded the house. They called to Lot, where are the men who came to you tonight? This is verse five. Bring them out to us so that we can have sex with them. They had an intent of bringing these men out and molesting them, raping them, abusing them. It was a violent, corrupt culture that they were living in, right? It was customary that when somebody would come into your house, you would prepare a meal for them and they would eat. And after eating, they would have a time to go to bed. It was basically you had your meal, and after your meal, you went to bed. And the mention of the men of both Sodom and Sodom, it's very, very key because it says both young and old, right? And later on, it also says, and all the people, which suggests how extreme the level of homosexuality and the culture of corruption in Sodom was that it wasn't just a few or some or a minority, but the level of corruption had gotten so bad 
that both young and old men, all the people had surrounded Lot's place to rape these men, to rip them, take them out, and to maliciously and violently uh, assault them, right? And so that speaks of the level of corruption in Sodom. Three times, right? Three times the men are mentioned in this verse when it says the men of the city, the men of Sodom, and all the people of the city, it emphasized how bad the situation was. It shows what happens, how bad it can get when sin and corruption are engulfed in a location, right? So in verses five through eight, we see the men of the city demand that Lot release his guests, right? That he releases guests to, to them so that they can sexually molest them. Inexplicably, it's crazy that what Lot does in response, and this speaks to the level of, of impact that this city had on Lot, that he may not even have realized he even had, right? Because rather than uh, getting the men out of the city, rather than getting his family out of the city, right? The solution that he offers up is he decides to offer up his two virgin daughters instead right so there's no doubt that lot is attempting to be a good host and protect them uh, since they have come under his roof which he says right that look i have two daughters it says in verse eight look i have two daughters who have never slept with a man let me bring them out to you and you can have you can do whatever you what you would like to them but don't do anything to these men, for they have come under the protection of my roof. We see how the, the values of Lot, that the priorities of Lot are just messed up, right? Like what kind of man offers up his two daughters to a city that is looking to violently um, assault, assault them? And he literally says, hey, you can do whatever you want to them. So there's something wrong with the priorities here where you want to be such an extremely good host, which you should be, but to offer up your own flesh and blood, it just speaks to the fact that uh, his offer, right? It speaks to the level of his thinking. It speaks to the level of corruption that may have even impacted him, right? To be sure, the scripture does command us to care for guests, right? It commands people to care for guests. However, it also commands parents to care for their children, right? Lot seems to be attempting to avoid one sin by committing another. He seeks to avoid one sin by committing another. You ever heard the expressions, two wrongs don't make a right? Yeah, two wrongs don't make a right lot, right? And ironically enough, we'll see this play out in his family later and where his daughters end up sexually assaulting the father uh, and so we see how the level of corruption from living in a place of compromise like sodom the impact that it can have on a family the impact that it can have on a marriage the impact that it can have on people right in verse 10 we see that the angels strike the people with blindness in an effort to rescue Lot 
right? Because at the end of the day, what we see reading through verses 12 and 16 is that God had a desire to save Lot, right? In verses 12 through 16, it says the two men after, let's go to 11. 11, it says, then they struck the men who were at the door of the house, young and old with blindness, so that they could not find the door. Verse 12, these two men said to Lot, do you have anyone else here, sons-in-laws, sons or daughters, or anyone else in the city who belongs to you? Get them out of here because we are going to destroy this place. The outcry of the Lord, outcry to the Lord against his people, its people is so great that he has sent us to destroy it. Verse 14, so Lot went out to speak to his son-in-laws. When he goes out to speak to his son-in-laws, he lets them know, hurry and get out of this place because the Lord is about to destroy the city. But his son-in-laws think he's joking, right? Then in verse 15, it says, with the coming of dawn, the angels urged Lot saying, hurry, take your wife and your two daughters who are here or you will be swept away when the city is punished, so the angels are warning him, dude, you got to get out of here, right? In verse 16, when he hesitated, this is important, when he hesitated, all right, the angels of the Lord tell him, Lot, if you stay here, it's going to lead to your destruction. And then the very next verse, it says, when he hesitated i actually like the way the esv puts it because it says but he lingered in other words he intentionally hesitated he intentionally lingered he looked for a reason a way the possibility of him being able to stay there have you ever found found yourself in that position because i think if we could be very honest, so many of us can end up being like Lot, where we know that going down our path will lead us to destruction, or that staying in a situation, maybe it's a relationship, maybe it's a toxic relationship that you know God wants to lead you out of because you know that that relationship would lead to your destruction, and yet you linger. Maybe it's a business you were never, ever intended to be involved in. And yet, because of your desires, because of your affections towards it, because of the effects, the impact that it has had on your life, rather than being obedient to God, you linger, knowing that it's taking you down that it's leading you down the wrong path, that it's leading you to your destruction, right? Maybe it's a career. Maybe it's your finances. Can I just say that there are times in our lives, look what happens when it says in verse 16, when he hesitated, the men grasped his hand and the hands of his wife and his two daughters and led them safely out of the city for the Lord was merciful to them, Right? When Lot hesitated, the angels physically brought him outside the city. This emphasized, those emphasized the Lord's clear intention on rescuing Lot. There are times where God will forcefully remove you from a situation 
be it a relationship, be it a career, be it a business, be it an environment, something that you hesitate in, that you linger in, God will forcefully remove you out of because he knows that if you stay in that situation, if you stay in that relationship, if you stay in that career, if you stay in that position, if you stay in that place, it will only lead to one place, and that is your destruction. And that is the mercy of God. And I know a lot of times it can be uncomfortable. A lot of times it could be frustrating. A lot of times it could lead you to feel uncertain. A lot of times it could lead to confusion. A lot of times it could lead to anxiety and worry. But you have to know that there are certain situations in your life that God will forcefully remove you from because he knows that it will only lead to your destruction. And the fact, maybe, maybe just maybe, the situation that you're going through, right? Maybe, just maybe, you've lost that position at your job. Maybe, just maybe, you've lost this career. Maybe, just maybe, that business that was taking you away from God, you've lost that. Maybe, just maybe, that relationship, that boyfriend, that girlfriend, that cutie, whoever it was that you were involved in, that was toxic, that you just lost the relationship of, right? Maybe, just maybe, that's actually God's mercy and grace and kindness being demonstrated to your life, right? So it says he took them and the angels took them and safely sent them out of the city. Verse 17, and as soon as they had brought them out, one of them said, flee for your lives. Don't look back and don't stop anywhere in the plane. Hey, dude, keep running. You know, this is like the Simba moment of the story, right? Run, Simba, run and never look back, right? <laughs> like there are situations in our lives that the Lord is saying, listen to me, behold, all things are made new. Don't look back at your past. Don't look back at the things that are holding you back. Don't look back. Don't try to stay in the place that you are. There's somewhere I'm trying to take you. I'm trying to take you to a better place. I'm trying to take you to a safer place. I'm trying to take you to a place where you could live and not die. But you have to get to a point where you do not look back. You know, it makes me think of the scripture in the book of, I want to say in the book of Mark or Luke, where Jesus says to his disciples, anyone who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is not worthy of the call, right? This is the moment. There are things in your life that you have to leave behind you. There are toxic situations. There are unhealthy situations. There are corrupt and compromising places, situations, people, circumstances in your life that you just need to run away from, not look back and decide not to stay stagnant in, right? He says, flee uh, for the mountains or you will be swept away. If you stay in that place, if you stay in that dysfunction, if you stay in that corruption, if you stay in that compromise, you will be swept away, right? Verse 18, but Lot said to them, no, my lords, please, your servant has found favor in your eyes and you have shown great kindness to me in sparing my life, but I can't flee to the mountains. This disaster will overtake me. So even though 
Lot is seeing the hand of God at work, the favor of God at work in his life. There's yet still this fear in his in his heart that evil might still come to him. So he requests to be given time to flee to the nearby city. Thus, in this way, Lot is rescuing the people, right, of that city, since the Lord will not overthrow the city. So he's saying, God, let me go to that city. And in that city, because Lot goes to that city, God spares that city, right? And uh, in, a, in a sense, because of Lot, the people of that city are saved, right? In verse 24, the Lord rained fire and brimstone down in Sodom. And then we see in verse 26, something that's significant that happens, right? Lot's wife looks back. Lot, his unnamed wife, right, looks back to Sodom in a sense of seeming to long for Sodom, right? And she ends up being turned into a, a pillar of salt. The reason for her judgment, right, seems more than a curious glance, but a longing return, right? Because she didn't look back to see what was going on. She wasn't curious about what was happening. There was this looking back in a sense of like, but I don't want to leave that. I don't walk, want to walk away from that, right? And she ends up being turned into a pillar of salt. Listen to me. When you look back to the things God is trying to take you out of, it will cause you to get stuck in a place where you will lose your life. You will lose your life. It may not be physically, but spiritually, it will cost you. It will cost you. You need to choose this day. Whether you're going to set your gaze on the things behind you, or whether you're going to set your gaze and focus on the things that God has for you, the things that are ahead of you. Are you going to put your trust in God or are you going to depend on the things God is asking you to leave behind, right? So the story goes on. Lot's wife looked back and she became a pillar of salt. And it says, early the next morning, Abraham got up and returned to the place where he had stood before the Lord. He looked down towards Sodom and Gomorrah, toward all the land of the plain. And he saw dense smoke rising from the land like smoke from a furnace, right? So Abraham wakes up, he looks over all the land, and he sees that the land is just completely destroyed. And it says in verse 29, so when God destroyed the cities of the plain, he remembered Abraham and brought Lot out of the catastrophe that overthrew the cities where Lot had lived. And this is just an amazing reminder, right? Abraham spent time with the Lord interceding for Sodom, for the people of Sodom, not just the people of Sodom, but the people who were believers in Sodom, which quite frankly ended up being Lot and his family. And it just reminds us of how good and faithful God is to the prayers of his righteous people. When the Bible says in the book of James that the prayers of the righteous availeth much, the prayers of the righteous avail much, accomplishes much. It does not lie. Abraham interceded for Lot and his family, 
and God was faithful to Lot and remember, I mean, faithful to Lot and Abraham and remembered Abraham when he brought Lot out. Verse 30, we have an incredibly awkward situation, right? Verses 30 to 38 is a passage that shows the impact that Sodom had on Lot's family, right? It also reflects the fear of Lot's daughters and reflects their awareness of Lot's previous offer of them to the mob, right? Lot originally offered them up to be sexually abused, and they have this fear now. Their mother is gone. They have no fiancés. It's just the two of them and their father. The Bible says that they get them drunk, not once, but twice, intoxicated to the point where he does not recollect or remember anything that happens, right? And the daughters note the fact that he is old. And so this reflects their fear that they are the only people still alive. And since Lot is old, he would not be able to participate in the earth's repopulation much longer. So these two girls decide to take things into their own hands. And let me tell you something. Anytime you decide to take things, take any matters into your own hands, you are always going to mess it up. Anytime you decide to take things into your own hands, you will always mess it up. I can take you back to chapter 15 where Sarai took matters into her own hands and she gave her servant to Abraham, Abram. And she said, here, maybe through my servant, you can build, you can have this promise fulfilled of having children. And Abraham goes into Hagar and we know the story, right? They end up with Ishmael. Sarai gets jealous. She's upset. She starts mistreating Hagar. It becomes this ugly mess. Why? Because you can try to accomplish things by your own effort, and you might even be successful at it. But if it's not the authentic promise that God has spoken over your life, it will lead to even greater problems, right? You may produce something that looks like the promise. You may produce something that looks like a blessing, but in the end, it will end up turning into a problem and a curse for you. And that's exactly what happens with these two girls. They end up raping their father. They end up having two children, one which is Moab, which we know ends up being the father of the Moabites, which is one of the greatest enemies of Israel. And the other one, excuse me, the other one is Ben-Aim, uh, Ben-Ami, Ben-Amai, which is the father of the Ammonites, Ammonites, two of the greatest enemies of Israel. Why? Because two people decided to take matters into their own hands rather than trusting God. And they ended up doing things that ended up looking like they would be a blessing, but ended up being one of the greatest problems for the people and the generations to come. Listen to me. Do not try to accomplish things and in your own effort, trust God, and he will bring forth the blessings, the promises that he has for your life. Amen. So a few things that we can learn from this before we go, right? A few ways that we can not let Sodom influence our lives, all right? You can write these down. Number one, 
don't let Sodom influence your actions. Don't let Sodom influence your actions, right? Lot was still a good host. He still honored the angels. He wasn't influenced in the way that he treated the men, the angels, when they came in. He showed them hospitality. He showed them kindness. He showed them, he brought them into his home, made them a meal, gave them a bed to sleep on, even though they had to run out of that place, right? Number two, all right, don't let Sodom corrupt your mind. Don't let Sodom corrupt your mind, right? We see that Lot's mind was corrupted when he offered up his daughters to the people, all right? Number three, don't let Sodom weaken your faith. Don't let Sodom weaken your faith. Lot still trusted in the mercy and the grace of the Lord. He still depended, relied on, and trusted in the mercy and the grace of the Lord. He hesitated. He wanted to linger, right? The Lord got him out of there in his mercy and his grace, but he still trusted in the mercy and the grace of God, right? Number, uh, I forget what number on. I think we're on four, right? Don't let compromise, don't let Sodom compromise your witness. Don't let Sodom compromise your witness. We see that the girls were drunk and debased. They raped their father, right? Don't let Sodom live a life, or I'm sorry, live a life that is worthy of being remembered by God, right? And then God's grace wasn't saving Lot. Don't let Sodom cause you to forget the grace, the mercy, the kindness of God. All right. That's what I got for today. Hopefully something stuck out to you. Hopefully something stuck out to you. And then, uh, so let's pray. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you. God, we honor you. God, we thank you that you are faithful to answer our prayers. We thank you that you are the God who will spare an entire city, who will spare those who are your people. God, you will not allow us, allow us to see destruction, but you care for us. You take care of us. You provide for us. You, God, I, I thank you that in your sovereignty, you even remove us from situations that we may try to linger in, that we may try to hesitate in. But I thank you that you know the plans that you have for our lives. I thank you that your ways are so much better than ours. I thank you, Lord, that even though we may not understand it, we may not see it. God, your will is so much more perfect. Your promises for our lives are so much better than what we could attain, accomplish, or stay in on our own. And so, Father, I just pray right now, God, that if we're in those situations, God, that you would remove us, God. If, there, if there's any area in our life that we are trying to linger in, you want to take us out of, God, I pray that you would grab us by our hands and rip us out of those situations, whether they're relationships, job positions, careers, uh, school paths that we're taking, God, whatever the situation is, God, take us by the hand. Show us your mercy. Remove us from that situation and help us to trust in you. 
God, help us not be impacted by our culture, but to be impacted by our creator. God, help us to, to live a life that is pleasing to you, to not lose faith in you because of the surroundings of our culture. God, help us to stand out, to be like Abraham, to be different, God. As we trust you, we love you, and we seek to honor you. And so, Lord, I just pray for everyone that's on this Zoom right now, God, that you would bless them, bless their families, bless their homes, bless their children, bless their finances. God, I just pray that you would open up the windows of heaven and pour out your blessings over them. And I pray all these things in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen.